Good morning. Good morning. A special thank you to the Yachnis family and the Kramer family for sponsoring the shir this morning. Le'ilui Nishmas, Babi Yachnis, Chana Chaya, Bas Chaim, her neshama should have an aliyah. Amen. The topic is a nation at war exploring some of the halachic and hashkafic issues and dilemmas that arise during wartime. The thought was to divide this into a a few parts. Today we're going to focus more on the biblical concept of war. What was it in the times of of Chumash? The precedent we have for Melchama, different forms of Melchama, and some of the halachic nafkaminas. First off, as a hashkafa, the Mishnah and Shabbos in the sixth parak speaks about whether or not one's allowed to carry a sword on Shabbos. So the Tanakhama writes that a person's not allowed to go out, lo yetzeish, lo besayif, lo bekeshes, lo betris, lo beola, lo beromach. You can't wear a sword or a shield or a spear, any other kind of weapon. And if you do so, assuming there's no Eruv, Chayev Chatos, that's Hotzah. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Tachshitin Heinlo. Rabbi Eliezer held that it would not be a violation of caring on Shabbos because they adorn you. They, uh, they're actually a Tachshit, which means it's something that, that I, I want to wear. It's almost like jewelry. So it wouldn't be considered Hotzah. Rechamim Omrim, Rechamim said back to Rabbi Eliezer, Einan ele legenai. You might enjoy having a sword on you, but the Hashkafa Satorah is Einan ele genai. It's a disgrace, it's a chaval. Shinamar, like the famous Pasuk in Yeshaya, tells us, V'chitsu charvosam le'itim v'chanososeihem le'mazmeiros in the times of Geula, We'll take all of our weapons and we're going to make them into farming utensils. And no longer will one nation war against another nation and no longer will there be a need to teach and train milchama. So very interesting hashkafa. The Chachamim are telling us. Now what exactly the debate is between Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim is, is a good question. But the, the halacha lemaisa is we view all of this as a genai. Sometimes it might be necessary and it might even be a mitzvah to carry a weapon or to use a weapon. But in the view of, of Hashkafa Satora, we view it as a chaval. Oi, we have to be doing this. This is not heroic. This is not something that we admire. If it's a necessity, we do it. But ultimately, this is not something remachshiv. That's a, that's a very important hashkafa. The Medrash Tanchuma tells us that we know based on the Pasuk in Mishlei, the ways of the Torah are pleasant, and all of the paths of the Torah are shalom. Kol of the Torah, the Medrash explains, that means everything that we have in the, in the Torah. Losum shalom hu It was for the goal of creating 
enhancing and maintaining peace. And even though there is definitely much discussion in the Chumash and all throughout Navi regarding Melchamos, different wars that have taken place, even the Melchamos are also for that same goal, which is to bring about peace. Yes. Yes, is that how we reconcile? Because isn't there a Pesach in Tehillim? David HaMelech praises Hashem for training his arms for battle, oh. his fingers for, for war. Yes, and there's also a Pesach in Sefer Shmuel. We'll probably do in a different uh, discussion next week or the week after, where in the eulogy that David gives after Shol and Yonason pass away, Part of the Hespid is that he says, now is a time to teach B'nai Yehuda Keshes. Now it's a time to train. We need more of a focus on training our army. So the reason why it's not a contradiction is because he's talking about in the real world. In the real world, if it's necessary, unfortunately, to have an army, because we're living in a world of choshech and confusion, so then part of that is to make sure they're well-trained. And to be grateful for when, you know, those soldiers are ready for combat. But the Medrash Tarchuma is telling us, even when there's a need for fighting, the goal is always to come to a place of shalom. That's the, the matara, that's the objective of, of any milchama. The Rambam writes in the Mishnah Torah, Ein ha-melech nilcham t'chila ele milchemes mitzvah. When it comes to how a war is waged, so the Melech Yisrael, he can make the decision to engage in a Melchemist Mitzvah, and we'll define what these different categories of war are. Ezehi Melchemist Mitzvah. What are examples of Melchemist Mitzvah? Zu Melchemist Shiva Mamim, U Melchemist Amalek, Ve'ezras Yisrael Miyad Sar Shaba Aleihem. Three examples in the Rambam. One is the mitzvah given to Yeshua to lead Kalal Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael and fight against the seven nations. The second is the mitzvah of Melchemes Amalek. And the third example of the Rambam is assisting Kalal Yisrael to fight against an enemy who's attacking us. Now that third example is quite broad. That would mean, Pashib Shat, Every war that we've engaged in, you know, since the founding of the state in 1948, they're all Begeder Melchemes Mitzvah. Even the name of the army, IDF, Israeli Defense Forces, right? That's the goal, is to defend the Jewish people against the onslaught of the enemy. Okay, besides Melchemes Mitzvah, the Rambam tells us, and we're going to see this in the Mishnah as well, there's something called Melchemes Rishos. This is a war that Klal Yisrael would choose to engage in. In order to expand, expand the border of Eretz Yisrael. And to expand the godless and the reputation of the Jewish people and Eretz Yisrael in the world. So how do we understand Melchemes Rishos? 
Achakach is, is priority? What does it mean that, like, for, first it's Mohammed's Mitzah, that's like stage, is it different stages? In other words, one is... It, it's a good cash on that Lushen. Maybe we'll leave that for a moment. Insightful question. But we'll see in the next halacha that there are differences in halacha yeah. between Mohammed's Mitzvah and Mohammed's Rishos. I'm just asking a basic question, which is, why is there such a thing as Milchemes Rishos? If you're in the mood, right, you got some guys, Yeshiva Bachem, who are just antsy and aggressive, and they want to get it out somehow. It's Bainas Man. It's Bainas Man in many way. <laughs> <laughs> this is before they invented tackle football. Okay, listen, let's just go wage a war and get some more land. You know, Milchemes Rishos. Why not? So the Rambam's really defining the point of Milchemes Vishus. Laharchid Gavul Yisrael Ulaharbis Ulaharbos Bigadu Loso Vishimo. The Mefarshim seem to understand this, that even though it's not a classic Milchemes Mitzvah, it's not a kiyum, it's not the fulfillment of a direct instruction of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, like the Zayin Amamim or Milchemes Amolek or defending Klal Yisrael against the onslaught of an enemy, However, it's for the same goal, the same purpose of creating more security and more protection for Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. If it's Laharbos, the Gavul, right, to push back and to be able to have more land, which could be helpful with security issues, or Laharbos, meaning a reputation of being a strong nation, a nation where if you, if you harm us, we're not going to turn the other cheek, but we're going to aggressively pursue you and destroy you. So, Laharbos Begidulasa Vishimo, this Milchemis Vishus also seems to be in the general category of the protection and the security of Klal Yisrael. What's that? Right, but part of that would be, what's the goal of having more land? So there could be many economic and practical reasons to that, but there also seems to be a national security point as well. Ayin Shem Vadukatev, these are the two categories of uh, war, and we'll actually see in the mitzvah, in the Mishnah and Sota, it seems to give three categories. Chova, Mitzvah, and Rishus. But the Ramam continues, and he says that Melchemes Mitzvah Enud Sarech Litelba Rishus Beisdin. There's no official procedure for Melchemes Mitzvah. This is something that must be done, and therefore, there's no need to involve Beisdin having them make a decision. But the Melech Yisrael, he has the authority to wage that Melchama. And he can force the nation to come and join. Right, the idea of a draft, a national draft, is something we see in the Chumash. The only difference between, I mean, there are many differences. One difference between <laughs> what takes place nowadays with the IDF and what we find in Chumash is the age of the draft. IDF, it's 18 years old. It's clear from the Chumash you could only draft someone until Muhammad age 20. Okay. However, continues the Rambam, of a Mechemes Rishos, Eino Motzea Amba, Ela Alpi Beistin, Shel Shivim Ve'echad. 
However, when it comes to Muhammad's Rishus, even if their noble intentions of expanding the border and national security and whatever else might be on the agenda, you can't wage Melchemes Rishos unless you have the Psak of the Beistin Hagodol of 71 Dayanim. Why not 23? Generally we know for Dine Mominus, for monetary issues, you have a Beistin of 3. For Dine Nefashos, when it comes to whether or not someone's Chayim Mitzah, Misa, a Beistin of 23. So Lachar, this Dine Nefashos. So obviously the answer is, this is not just a yachid, a personal issue. This is a, a national decision placing our men in danger and waging war against another nation that requires the based on Hagadol of 71. Okay, so that's some of the background. We have the Mishnah in Shabbos giving us the Hashkafa that we would much rather not engage in this stuff. It's a waste of time and energy. And when you think about it from an economic standpoint, how many... Billions and billions and billions of dollars are spent all throughout the world on destruction. on destruction, on protection. If you imagine for a moment a world with moral clarity, where there was no concern that some crazy guy in Russia might press that button, right? Do you know what we could accomplish there would be no more famine, there would be no more hunger anywhere in the world. We would find cures to hundreds of thousands of diseases that are killing people if we had the time and the money to focus on important things. So it's a genai. And the Medrashtan Chuma tells us that any milchama we engage in is for the purpose of creating a situation of more security, serenity, and shalom. And then we saw the Rambam, Melchemes Mitzvah versus Melchemes Rishos. And the examples he gave us of Melchemes Mitzvah, the one most relevant, would be the third one, Ezra's Yisrael Miyad Sar Shabbalehem. Let's look at some of the psukim that speak about engaging in war. <clears throat> You're going into war and you're seeing their horses and chariots, and they seem to outnumber you, do not fear them, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with you. And it should be as you approach the battlefield, there's a Kohen Mashuach, which means he was anointed especially for the task of Milchama. <clears throat> so the Kohen approaches, Vidibur El Ha'am, and the Mishnayas in Sota. If you want to look up the Halachos of Milchama and Torah Shabal Peh, you'll find it in Sota, really in the seventh and mostly the eighth parak. Vidibur El Ha'am, the Mishnah says, it has to be in Lashon HaKodesh. Generally speaking, any obligation we have of Dibor, Kriyashma, or Shmonasre, you could say it in any language. But there are certain things, um, the, the passage we say when we bring the Bikurim, Birchas Kohanim, and this, this statement from the Kohen before going into war, it has to be Belashen HaKodesh. Amr Aleihem, and this is his speech. Shema Yisrael, atem kreivim hayom l'mlochama alayveichem. Listen, Klal Yisrael, today you are 
engaging in war against the enemy, against your enemy. Al yerech levavchem, al tiru v'al tachbazu v'al tartzu mipneihem. Do not have any fear or trepidation before them. Ki Hashem elokeichem aholich imachem lilachem lachem im oiveichem loshia eschem. We know that pasuk from the Mishabeirach of the IDF that we say every Shabbos. Because Hashem is really waging war on your behalf. Now you see the way we broke up the psukim, base, gimel, dalet, go together. That's based on the Mishnayis in Sota. The Mishnah explains that this first statement is said right at the battlefield. It's said by the Kohen Meshuach, by the Kohen anointed for Milchama. And then there's actually another Kohen who, who yells it out, like a Maturgamon, but he yells it out so everyone can hear. According to the Yerushalmi, he actually yells it out in a different language so everyone could understand. The Yerushalmi was of the opinion, as long as the Kohen is saying it in Lashon HaKodesh, it works. So those are Psukim base Gimel Dalit. Now, it seems to almost go back in time. This is not a chronological order, Lechorah. Pasakei says, V'dibru ha-shotrim el ha-am lemor. The shotrim, the officers speak to the, pe- the people and they say, Mi ha-ish esher bona ba'yaz chadosh v'lo chanacho. Anyone who's built a new house and has not yet lived in it, he should go home. Mi ha-ish esher nota kerim v'lo chilo. person who's planted a vineyard and not yet derived benefit from it, so he's potter, he's exempt. And the third, someone who has betrothed a wife, right? Erisin was done, but not Nesuin. Again, he should go home. Those are three exceptions. Now the Mishnais and Sota explain that Psukim, Hei, Vav, and Zion are talking before the battlefield. This is talking as they're standing on the border of Eretz Yisrael, about to enter enemy territory. At that point, the Shotrim say this. Again, it's the Kohen Meshuach who says it initially, but instead of having another Kohen repeat it out loud, it was the officers who would repeat it out loud. And then we have Pasuk Ches. And the officers continue speaking to the nation. Anyone who is afraid and his heart is weak, he should go home in order not to melt the heart of his brothers like his own heart. This is a fourth exception. Anyone who's he should go home. Now it's clear from the Pasuk itself before we see the Mishnah that it expounds upon the Pasuk. It's clear it's not that we're concerned about him. You happen to be a coward, and therefore, we don't want you to have to be afraid right now. Go home. The main concern is, Lo yimas es levav echav kilvavo. If you have one person that's not, you know, courageous and entering this mulchama with a sense of conviction, that could have a negative impact on everyone else, and therefore, we make sure that he's sent home. Yesterday I was, last night I was watching about one of the Golani soldiers, the whole Golanis, and it was really mad. You know? So there was a question thrown to this soldier, are you too afraid? 
Oh, yes, yes. Now it's interesting, there's actually one other exception, right, that we find a little bit further on, which is not the case of Mia Isha Sher Eres Isha Velolokacha, where there is Eris and Dan, but Nesuin was not yet complete. There's the Pasuk of Kiikach Ish Isha Chadosha Lo Yetze Batsova. If a person is newly married and they're Bishana Rishona, then he should not go out into battle, but rather this is where we get the whole notion and the mitzvah of that he should be there, Shana Achaz Vesimach Es Ishto Esher Lekacha, to be together with his wife and gladden her, Shana Rishona. So altogether we have really four different peturim from Milchama. Now we'll see in the Mishnah, these exceptions only apply when it comes to Milchemes Rishos. When it comes to Milchemes Mitzvah, um, everyone is chayab to participate, as we'll see momentarily. Even the one who's going to bring down the morale? That's a good kasha. Oh. Meaning because that's not, as, it's not a sensitive thing to him and his particular needs at that moment. He's going to affect the power of Muhammad. That's a good kasha. I thought the point was that for Muhammad's best, he has no ability to affect the power of Muhammad. Because that's one where Shep really is Shep is. Yeah, but if, if, if one of the soldiers in the front lines is, you know, pulling down the, 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 the courage and the, the might of his, of his platoon, I would think we would want to get rid of him. Let's take even a look at the mission. Even if we're not being nice and asking permission, yeah, he's going to be a negative effect. As opposed to Let's take a look at the Mishnahis in Sota, number six. First, what the Mishnah does here, this is a quote from part of the first Mishnah in Perik Ches of Sota. It really elaborates upon the speech of the, of the Kohen, the Meshuach. The reason why you shouldn't be afraid is because Hashem is going out with you. Meaning to say, that the enemy, they're coming with the strength of Basr B'adam. But you're coming with the victory of the Kodesh Baruch Hu. The Plishtim came against us and they felt confident because they had Golias. What was the end of Mo. At the end, Golias was taken down by the sword, and the plishtim fell with him. You could ask the question, it wasn't really with the sword, it was with the slingshot. So what's Pshat of the Mishnah? Ah, so we know that it's true he fell from David doing the slingshot, but what really destroyed the morale is when David took Goliath's sword, cut off his head, at that point, that was the, the real victory. B'nei Amon bo b'nitzchono shel shovach. B'nei Amon had a great warrior, shovach. Mahaya sofo, l'sof nofel becher v'nofel imo. Eventually shovach was killed and the B'nei Amon were defeated. V'atem i'atem kein. Ki Hashem lokeichem aholich imachem l'ilachem lachem. Zem machanei ha'aron. So the mission is explaining the, the charge of the Kohen, that Hashem is with you, that's referring to Machanei Ha'aron, the camp of the Aron. We know that when Klal Yisrael went into Muhammad, they took the Aron with them. Now the Mephoshim explained there were really two different Arons. 
One was the Aram that had the Luchos, the second Luchos that were Shleimim. And then there is a different Aram that had the Shivri Luchos, the first Luchos that were broken. The, the second Luchos were always kept in the, the base of Megdash, but they would take with them to Muhammad the Shivri Luchos. So that's what the Mishnah here is referring to. We fast forward a few Mishnayas in the same parak, quoting from the next part of that, uh, those Psukim, Vayasfu Hashotim Ladabra Laam. So now the officers continue and they speak to the nation, Vomru, Mia Ishayari Virachaleva Vyelech Vyoshalbeso. Anyone who's afraid, weak of heart, should go home. And here we have the famous Machlokis. It's really a three-way Machlokis between Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Yosi Haglili, and Rabbi Yosi ben Chalafta. What's the Machlokis? How to interpret this Pasuk? Rabbi Akiva Omer Hayari Virach Levav Kamashmo. When it says someone who's afraid, it means literally. He doesn't have the courage to stand within the midst of a mulchama and see the, uh, the enemies there with their drawn swords. That's Rabbi Akiva's pshat of the Pasuk. Rabbi Yossi Aglili and Rabbi Yossi ben Chalafta, they both learn that the fear is not because I can't stand being in the battle, but rather, it's Hayari Rachlevav Zehu Misyare Min Havero Shibiyado. It's referring to someone who feels he might not have the schusim to survive because his knowledge of the Averos that he has. Lafikach Tolsalo Atores Kolelu, and therefore explains Rabbi Yossi Aglili, the reason why the Torah gives those other three peturim, namely one who was just, he built a home, a kerim, or uh, just got betrothed, sheyachser biglolan, is that if the only exception we had was, if you feel like you're a sinner, please leave. So I'm standing here, I'm well aware of my many chatayim, but I might not leave because it's going to be embarrassing. So therefore, explains Yosei Glili, the Torah gives other reasons to leave as well, and the fact that I'm walking off the battlefield, it might just be because I just planted a vineyard. I don't have any land, I live in Manhattan, but maybe I have a small vineyard, right? Now the machlokas between Yosei Glili and Rabbi Yosei is only what level of era do we tell someone to go home? Rabbi Yosei says, according to the Mepharshim of the Mishnah, even if you have an Avera that's only a violation of a Durbanin, get out of here, you don't have the schusim. And the third sheet that says, no, it's only, a, it's only an Avera on a Deraisa level, then we would say you don't have the schusim. Okay. Then, though, the last mission we'll do together from the eighth parak of Sota is Mishnah Zayin, Bemedavar Mamurim. This seems to be going back in all of the exceptions. When do we say that someone does not have to stay at the battlefield? That's b'mochemes harushos. Right, a war that's not considered a real obligation. Avol b'mochemes mitzvah hakol yotzin. But when it comes to mochemes mitzvah, everyone needs to get out there. Afilu chosin mechedro vekala mechupasa. Even the chosin from his uh, his special chosin room and the kala from right under the chuppah. Right, Mamish in the middle of the Sheva Brachos. You grab them both, you give the Kala an MK-47. Let's go. And the truth is that's not, that's not the Halacha. Right? Women would not be in the front lines. Their job was not to engage in Muhammad, but they would help in the war effort. And the truth is, 
Mefarshim explain, even those who are putter regarding Melchemes Rishus, it doesn't mean they just go home and live life as they normally would and get back to work. They still have to help out in any way possible. So if that means bringing food to the soldiers all throughout different places in Eretz Yisrael, like Sterot, like our hero Ramosha, right? that's really what someone would do. If they're not literally engaged in Melchama, they would still have to, to help in other ways. However, this mission is saying, by Melchama's mitzvah, everybody has to go. Rabbi Yehuda, I'm Rabbi Yehuda, b'medivar memori b'melchama's mitzvah, avo b'melchama's chova ha'kol yotzin. So the difference between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda is the Tanakama says you have the Peturim with Melchemes Rishus, but Melchemes Mitzvah, everyone has to leave. And Rabbi Yehuda says you have these Peturim with Melchemes Mitzvah, but with Melchemes Chova HaKol Yotzin. Then everyone has to go a Luchasad Mechedra of the Kala Mechupasa. Very difficult Mishnah to understand because it's cryptic and it's not explaining what the real Machlokas is between the Tanakama and Rabbi Huda. The basic pshato that we have in the Mepharshim is as follows. That when it comes to the halacha, there are really three types of wars. It's not just the mitzvah and rishos. You have milchemis rishos. Like the Rambam told us to expand the borders and to create more of a, a fear and a and a sense of strength that other nations will be more hesitant to, to start up with us. That's Milchemes Rishos. That, everyone agrees, does exceptions apply. The other extreme is Milchemes Chova. That's like the Rambam mentioned, the three different examples, Yeshua conquering Eretz Yisrael, or Milchemes Amalek, or defending Kalal Yisrael against the onslaught of an enemy. In those examples, Milchem Meschova, there, none of the exceptions apply, it's mashma, and everyone is obligated to participate in some way. There's a middle ground, which is a preemptive war, where you know that an enemy poses danger, and therefore you attack them before they attack you. Regarding a preemptive war, this middle ground, everyone also agrees in the halacha, that the peturim we find in the Chumash apply. The nuanced, somewhat technical debate between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yehuda is in the, the preemptive war, is that viewed as a mitzvah in the classic sense? Nafkamina would be, if you're in that milchama, would we say, Oseg b'mitzvah patr min mitzvah Right, a, a halachic issue that might arise. But we really, when it comes to when the exceptions apply, both the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yehuda agree. This is some of the background explaining the Pesukim and the application that we find in the Mishnayis and Sota. I want to conclude here uh, briefly with the Rambam and the Shari Tshuva. When the Rambam is explaining this idea of Mia Ish Hayare Verach he says like Rabbi Akiva, Kimashmo, we take it at face value. It doesn't mean someone who's afraid of his sins, but someone who's afraid. And the truth is, the Mepharshim explain that even Rabbi Yossi Aglili, who says that it's mashma from the Pasuk, it's referring to someone who's afraid of his chatoyim, and therefore he doesn't have the schusim, he would also agree to Rabbi Akiva 
that if a person is just scared to be there, that would be a reason to send him home, right? Not to take down the morale of others. But the Rambam says, we learned this Pashib Shat, the person does not have the strength to stand in the midst of war. And now the Rambam gives us the Hashkafa Satora. What is the mindset of a soldier? Once a person is Bekishri Milchama, he relies on the Mikveh Yisrael, that's Hashem, Umoshiu Be'ez Tzora that he will save us during a time of distress. And he has a clarity that he's doing this. He tries to push aside the fear. And he doesn't think about his wife or his children. It's an amazing idea. At the time, the goal of a soldier is, I almost push those thoughts out of my mind regarding family, my wife, my children, who are waiting anxiously for my return, but I can't let that enter my head right now. He has to be totally focused on the mulchama. Over below Sase. And if a person cannot control his thoughts and he allows these distractions to enter his mind, he's actually in violation of Elosasem. The Torah says we're not allowed to be afraid. As the Rambam, if I allow that fear to creep in, and therefore I can't be fully focused on the Melchama in front of me, any blood that's shed amongst my brothers, I'm partially responsible for that. And if I'm not victorious, and I don't give everything I have for the Melchama, it's as if I'm responsible for the bloodshed of my fellow soldiers. So very, very powerful Rambam. He goes on to explain at the end of this piece that in general, when a person enters into Mulchama, he should have that bitachon that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is with me and harm will not befall me. And then a Yisrael, he should be zocha to be able to return home and to be bona ba'is nemon v'yisrael v'yizke lo bonav ad olam v'yizke lechay olam haba. This is not just a national security issue, but he's zochet olam haba. He's engaged in the mitzvah. The Rebbeinu Yonah takes this one step further. The Rebbeinu Yonah says the chiyuv of trying our best not to be afraid during war applies to other forms of milchama as well, even if you're not literally on the battlefield. He quotes the Pasuk, We have a mitzvah given to us through this Pasuk, that if a person feels 
that danger is close, Tia Yeshua's Hashem Bilvavo. The idea of Hashem's Yeshua should be instilled in his heart. And he should have bitachon in the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So an amazing extension of the Rebbe Yonah that not only are these Pesukim talking about actually the Milchama within the battlefield, but they're referring to the Milchama within life. Anytime we feel there might be danger, there might be, there might be tsar, we have to have bitachon and try not to feel the fear because we remind ourselves that the Kaddish Baruch Hu is with us. I want to conclude here with an interesting halacha regarding war. And again, this will be the, the end of our discussion, at least exploring what we're calling biblical warfare. And then hopefully we'll get into some of the modern day um, moral and ethical dilemmas that we face in contemporary warfare. The Rambam writes that Kishit Sorin Al Ir Litofsa, this is Halacha Zayin, Perik Vav Halacha Zayin. When you're around the city in order to lay siege on it, Ein Makifin Oso Me'arba Ruchoseha, you should not surround it from all four sides, Ela Mishloosh Ruchoseha. But you should only surround it by three sides. Umanichen makum leboreach to allow people to run away, meaning the enemy to flee. Anyone who wants to run away, they have the ability to do so. This is one of the taryag mitzvos. When you're laying siege on a city, do not surround it by all four sides. The question is, what's the rationale of this mitzvah? So the Ramban. He says as follows, number 10. We're commanded when surrounding a city to leave one side open. So the first shot the Ramban gives is that this is all part of, of uh, what we do as Jews. Rachmanim, Baishanim, Vegomle, Chasadim. Even in wartime, there's a level of compassion. Even against the enemy during war. We want to leave them in out. That's probably the Pashib Pshat in this mitzvah. But then he has a second Pshat, which seems to be the exact opposite. There's another benefit of allowing an opening that they could flee. That they should not be strengthened against us. Meaning to say, if the enemy feels it has no way out, there's no way to run, so then the desperation sets in. And when you're fighting against the enemy that has a full sense of desperation, the aggression and the wrath of the enemy is that much more dangerous. So basically, the second shot of the Ramban, it's not about having Rachmanus on the enemy. It's not about allowing them a way out, so Nebuch, if they're afraid, they could run away. It's having Rachmanus on ourselves and our citizens to make sure that we're able to vanquish the enemy. The Torah is giving us a mitzvah, which is actually a strategy of war. Allow that, that fourth side to be open 
so they don't feel a total despair, they don't feel trapped, in order that they don't step up their game and you can totally vanquish the enemy. That's also chemla. Because if you were to ask the question, what's the greatest expression of compassion in war? The answer is to totally destroy and eliminate the enemy. That is the ultimate rachmanus. Because if the reason for the war is protection of our citizens and Klal Yisrael, allowing any one of them fighting against us to remain alive, that would be achzarius. It's a very interesting mitzvah. Two different reasons given, both coming from a sense of rachamim, just a different interpretation of what that application of rachamim is. We'll stop here for now. We'll continue next time. Be'ezres Hashem Yisborach.